Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. And Connor, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Appreciate you guys having me. Good to be here. It's been a, it's been a wild week so far when we get a coach that gets fired on Monday, which always just kind of throws me for a loop. I always expect that to happen on Sunday afternoon. It just kind of blows the whole week up. And then the first playoff rankings come out. No, by the way, some pretty important football in the SEC this weekend. It's busy, but it's a good busy. Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes it so much fun at this point in time, which we'll try to cover it all with you. But let's start with the college football playoff rankings. Most people, I know that we've had a few people on here, thought that Tennessee would be number one. They look strong. They got the best win where they beat Alabama. Then you got Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson rounding out the top four. But just kind of what's your overall thoughts on Tennessee being number one as well as the rest of the four teams there in the college football playoff? I didn't think Tennessee was going to be number one, but I thought they deserved to be number one. And I'm glad that the selection committee recognized, oh, yeah, that's right. Tennessee has two wins against teams that are currently in the top ten. Georgia's the only other team that has a single top ten win among among that group. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't Tennessee be the number one team in the country? I mean, they've got two wins that are better than, than, than Ohio State's best win, in my opinion. And I, I thought that was an obvious choice. I mean, what the balls have done is, incredible and i think they're going to have a good enough resume even if they are sitting there at 11 and 1 with a loss to georgia on the outside looking in at an sec conference championship to have a really good case to make the field and that's what that first ranking kind of tells us about how the selection committee values their wins and having lsu at 10 was huge for tennessee because i mean they, they went in that valley blew the doors off lsu that wasn't even close that wasn't all one injury here one injury there something like that or the selection committee couldn't even turn back to, well, you know, that was the season opener, which I kind of felt they did that with the Georgia win against Oregon. But the, they, they recognize that Tennessee's resume is darn good. They deserve to be the number one team in the country, and they are. Are there any surprises? We know that, uh, you know, the focus is always on the top six and, of course, the top four get in. But looking at that top ten, do you see any surprises with any of the teams there? I mean, I didn't expect to see LSU at 10, but then you kind of are like, well, wait a minute. They, they blew out Ole Miss. And if you're going to, in, in those rankings, they usually like to give some sort of favor to the head to head in that spot. So, that, I mean, I was surprised to see them on that number 10 line. I wasn't necessarily surprised to see TCU at seven, but to me, they, they deserve to be the fourth, fourth ranked team at, at this point. And if you disagree with that, I think you're looking too much at their brand and hearing the selection committee talk about, well, they played close games or whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. Their their average scoring margin against Power 5 is two points less than Alabama. TCU is undefeated. TCU is the team that has two wins against current AP top 25 teams. Alabama doesn't have any. And I realize Texas gets into the playoff poll, so that kind of changes their resume a little bit. But even if you want to look at wins against Power 5 teams with winning records, TCU has four of those. Alabama only has three. So, I just kind of looked at that, and I'm like, wait a minute, TCU is just getting a really raw deal. And I kind of feel bad for a program that you know starts off unranked coming into the year, and a lot of people are kind of waiting for, for the other shoe to fall. But in my opinion, TCU is worthy of being in the top four based on resume so far. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned TCU because I know that there's a lot of chaos that can happen in these in the teams that are in front of them, the six teams that are in front of them, and we know that – uh, people can always have teams jump other ones and everything. But I just kind of look at it to where I'm like, okay, so if you tell me that, uh, you know, Alabama wins out the rest of the way and then 
Uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, one of those teams are going to have to lose, obviously. But it just feels like would you really jump a TCU team that goes 12-0 and over Ohio State or over Michigan? And then you got Clemson into the mix, too. It just feels like it puts them behind the eight ball a little bit to where not only do they have to win out, but they're going to have to hope some other teams that are in front of them will have some more losses to go along with it as well. I think if they win out, they're in. I, I do. And I, I know that we, we really shouldn't say, like, absolutes, but I, I don't think they're going to leave out an undefeated Power 5 conference champ. I, I don't. I, I think that they got the 2021 Oklahoma treatment. The difference is that the Big 12 was better this year, and they had more quality wins. Oklahoma's schedule was so backloaded. And so that's why in that first ranking, when they were, like, eighth or ninth or whatever it was, and, you know, they were undefeated, Everybody's kind of like, whoa, like Oklahoma really got a, a tough first rank. Well, they didn't have quality wins. TCU has quality wins. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas State. They have obviously big games coming up. But still, I, I, I think this is a, a situation in which we're starting to see a little bit of the conference, bio, the conference bias play out here because the Big 12 has never had a team win a playoff game. And you know what? If bias wasn't factored into the selection committee, I'd be surprised. Meanwhile, you've got the SEC, which has gone 12-3 and in playoff games that aren't against each other. And, yeah, how would that not make an impact on how they rank teams? Of course they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. It would be weird if they didn't. So I look at it from that standpoint and I just say, you know what, TCU, unfortunately, has been dealt kind of a, kind of a tough hand, and they're going to have to really probably impress some folks down the stretch here in order to have that playoff life going to the conference championship weekend. Michigan sitting at five, and of course they can play their way into the top four by beating Ohio State. But do you agree with Clemson being at four ahead of Michigan at five? I do, just because at this stage of the game, like you know, what are, what are we really talking about with Michigan in terms of their their overall strength of schedule? Right, their non conference schedule was a joke. I mean, an absolute joke. And they had, they they left the state of Michigan twice to play. At Indiana, which I'm allowed to badmouth because it's my alma mater, and then Iowa, which I'm sure like they, they'll score a touchdown eventually, but it still hasn't happened yet. So what do they really do? I mean, yeah, you beat Penn State at home. Congratulations. But to me, that Michigan's resume doesn't really hold up at, at this point. Everybody's kind of like getting ahead of this oh, Michigan-Ohio State showdown. But to me, I, I think Clemson has a little bit of a better case despite the fact that, yeah, you, you could say you, there, are, there are holes to poke Clemson's resume, right? I don't really know who the quarterback is going to be moving forward. You could say, well, their best win isn't very good, and I agree with that. Their best win is at Wake Forest. But they do have four wins against Power 5 teams with winning records. They do have three wins against teams that are currently in both the AP Top 25 and the CFP Top 25. The problem is that those three teams are ranked 20 through 22nd. So they could have a very different resume in a couple weeks if those teams lose or something like that. So I have no problem necessarily necessarily putting Clemson in the top four because it was supposed to be based on resume. And I think that's what they did, and that was the justification for, for giving Clemson that love ahead of Michigan. We're speaking with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Connor, obviously we know Tennessee number one. I agree with you. They deserve to be number one. Then you got Georgia at number three, which we know that those two teams are going to be facing each other this weekend. It's at Georgia. Now, I believe that this will be the time that Tennessee slips up. I think that on the road against a great defense in Georgia, I think they end up getting their first loss. I could see it being a close game, but what do you make of this matchup, and do you think the Tennessee Volunteers are able to roll and beat their third top-10 team this year on the road? Said it in July, said it in August, said it in September, I said it in October. Tennessee is going into Georgia and winning that football game. It's going to happen. 
and it's going to happen because they have exactly what you need to beat a defense of that caliber. If you're going to beat a team like Georgia, and Arkansas found this out all too well last year with that game in Athens, if you're going to beat a team like Georgia, you're not going to be able to get them to make 20 mistakes over the course of a game. You need them to make like five, six mistakes. What did Alabama do in that game against Tennessee? They made, they made a few coverage mistakes, and Tennessee took advantage. And you have to get touchdowns out of those plays. You have to get massive chunk plays when those things happen. And you have to have an offense that can actually put pressure on a defense in that way. And what I worry about from Georgia's standpoint is now, especially without Nolan Smith, who was their captain, the leader of that defense, their best pass rusher, they only have 10 sacks this year. That's last in the SEC. They can't get pressure on Tennessee the same way that they could last year when Hendon Hooker went down five times in that game. And they had that all-world defensive line, and they didn't have to send those extra guys. I think you've got to send extra guys. And if that happens, Tennessee gets these one-on-one matchups. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote for these guys. Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, I mean, even Ramel Keaton, these guys are stepping up in a different kind of way that we're used to seeing. And, and to me, I look at this matchup and I say, Georgia doesn't want to get in a shootout. I agree that Aaron Murray said that on SEC this morning. He said, look, I think that doesn't favor Georgia if they get into a, a game that gets into the 30s. Kirby's 1-9 when Georgia allows 30 points or more, and he's 73-6 and six when he doesn't. So to me, I, I think that Tennessee has the ability to go into Athens, win that game 35-28, and the story rolls on. LSU sitting at 10, it's a stretch that they get into the college football playoff, but if they went out, they already have two losses, and there are some people that have a, an issue with them being in the top four by winning out. But uh, I think it would be deserved at that point. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, if they went out, they're going to have to beat – this weekend they're going to have to beat Alabama, and then they're going to have to beat either Tennessee or Georgia in an SEC championship. I mean, it's the same thing we were talking about with 2017 Auburn, right? I mean, they had a chance to be to make the playoff with two losses if they could beat Georgia in the SEC championship because they beat the number one team in the country twice. So for, for people that are going to say, like, oh, well, they have two losses, I, I don't want to hear that from the Pac-12, all right? Like, did you guys have to face Georgia? Did you have to face Alabama to be able to get through, to get to that, that to, to get to the Final Four? No way. It, to me, they would absolutely be deserved. I, I think what they did against Ole Miss to be able to blow out a, a pretty respected team right now was really impressive, and I think that that's kind of giving them a lot of momentum right now at this point in the season, but... You know, I think that that task is a very difficult ask. I really do. And I think that beating Alabama this weekend, given what we know about Nick Saban and the lack of multiple losses in the regular season, like those years don't exist for Alabama. That's happened once in the last decade. It only happened because Tua went out with a season-ending hip injury. So I think that this is still going to be a difficult thing for LSU to accomplish. But if they do, yeah, I would absolutely put them in the Final Four. The SEC champion in my opinion, automatic spot. They've had enough success to be able to earn that year in, year out. Connor, I want to ask you about, uh, I'm sure, a scenario that you've thought about, and it's always fun to discuss. You know, what if what if Georgia, you know, beats Tennessee, and then Georgia faces Bama in the in the title game where Bama won out, and then Bama beats Georgia, and you got uh, a one-loss Bama, who's a champion in the SEC, a one-loss Georgia, and a one-loss Tennessee. How does that situation play out when it comes to the college football playoff committee? Oh God, my brain, my brain's in a pretzel just thinking about it right now. Um, because look, I think that if Georgia were to lose that game to Bama, oh, man, having the same record as Tennessee though, Tennessee would get the tiebreaker. Yeah, no, see, I'm, I'm already like just talking in circles, thinking about it. 
it would really depend on the way that things would play out with the other Power Five conference championships. And I, I think that you know everybody's going to have their eye on Michigan, Ohio State, and, and what goes down there. You know, TCU runs the table. You know, TCU, in my opinion, would get one of those Final Four spots. And and, and I mean, even Clemson, if Clemson runs the table, I think they would be worthy of having one of those Final Four spots as well. So, but I, I think that this never happens that way. I think that would take that would be the perfect storm in that scenario. I mean, I would probably give Tennessee that second spot, and I would leave Georgia out, and I would have Alabama and Tennessee in the playoff. And I, I think that would upset a lot of Georgia fans, especially the way that it played out the season opener against Oregon. There's no way Oregon, an 11-1 Oregon team, a 12-1 Oregon team, should make it over a one-loss Georgia team. We agree on that. Like, there's no way you could just erase 49-3, despite what Bo Nix tried to say to CBS Sports. But, yeah, I, I think that this is a, a situation that I really hope doesn't present itself because I, I would just talk in circles the entire time. If you take Georgia out of the mix and you're thinking about Oregon – with the Pac-12, who has the best chance, in your opinion, to get there between Oregon, USC, and UCLA? Hmm. You know, I've I've been down on on USC. I, I would give UCLA a little bit more love there. I, I really like what Dory Thompson Robinson has done this year and Chip Kelly's offense, which is extremely experienced. And I think that they've really kind of quieted some of the the outside noise about his future there. Um, but I, I mean, I I still don't think a Pac-12 team is going to make it to the to the college football playoff. I just don't. And, you know, I, I think UCLA still has the best chance just because I think Oregon gets tripped up at some point here. History tells us with a nine-game conference schedule, it's just a matter of time. It is so difficult to run the table with a nine-game conference schedule and to win your conference championship game. 2019 Ohio State is the only team that's been able to do that with the nine-game conference schedule. So I, I, I think that that's going to be too big of a climb for Oregon. I think uh, I don't think necessarily we're going to see UCLA run the table either. So uh, my best bet is that the Pac-12 gets, gets left out of the Final Four. All right, I'm going to ask you this question. It's going to probably uh, look upon, be a tough one to ask, answer, but it, I saw your tweet about Tennessee being number one. That means that five different SEC teams have been number one in the college football playoff rankings at some point in time. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Mississippi State, which is still funny, and Tennessee. Those are the five. Who do you think ends up being the sixth team? Who's the first team in the SEC, not those five, that ends up being number one in the playoff rankings at some point in time? Gosh, that's a great question. And shout-out to the SEC Network for blatantly just stealing my tweet and ripping it off and using it on their social platforms. No, they'd really never do that. that. <laughs> no, they never would. Uh, give credit where credit is due maybe one time. Um, but, yeah, that's a good question. It's a really good question. I, I think if you had asked people coming into this year, they would have said Texas A&M. I'm not taking I'm not taking Texas A&M in that discussion anymore. I think that man, I'm going back and forth. I was about to I got really close to saying Ole Miss, and then it didn't because then I'm like, ah, you know what? I think there's a chance that Lane leaves for Auburn, and if that happens, then maybe Auburn would be the most likely team because you can overhaul a roster so quickly. Um, I'm going to say oh, let's go out of left field a little bit. Let's go out of left field. Let's say Florida but not until year three of the Billy Napier era. That, that's when I think they're going to have the talent to be able to make that push and have a roster that's capable of, of, of standing tall in the SEC because they really aren't right now. I mean, from a depth standpoint, they're, they're just not there yet. But I'd say Florida would have the best chance with the scheme that they have, the, the in-state recruiting, the new facility, all those different things. I, I think they would probably be the best bet. You mentioned Lane Kiffin and Auburn. What's the argument for him to leave for Auburn? 
And what's the argument for him to stay away from Auburn? I mean, I think the Auburn job is the most unique job in college football. And the argument to stay away is, well, they chew coaches up and they spit them out. But I'd argue that Brian Harson getting $25 bucks for winning nine games is a pretty good bargain, if you ask me. And I could point to two coaches before. You know, Gus Belzon was there for eight years. I could talk about you know, Tommy, Tommy Tuberville lasting a decade there, despite Jetgate happening. Say, well, they don't really don't have a revolving door of head coaches. But I, I still think that there's obviously this concern about the people above you not having full control of the program hearing your name on the hot seat all the time and dealing with all the ebbs and flows involved in that. But I think there's a lot of intrigue. He's got a $92 million facilities upgrade. It's still in such a great recruiting hotbed. I think that the momentum that they've built with NIL, they've raised $13 million in NIL to be able to devote to that. You're going to be able to get a top-notch staff. You feel like, all right, that's a place that we've watched three different coaches in the 21st century compete for a national championship. And so if you point to those things and the support that you would have within the athletics department after, let's be honest, they're desperate at this point. You would have a lot of leverage to go into a situation like that. If they offer something like a 10-year, $90 million contract to Lane Kiffin that's fully guaranteed, which I wouldn't rule that out, I mean, who knows? That's just super intriguing from that standpoint. If you're Lane and you want to win a national championship and you're not not convinced that you can do it at Ole Miss and, and that Auburn would be the best place to make it happen, then you know what, maybe that's the, the next step for you, and there's a lot of intrigue there. So, yeah, it, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Lane left Ole Miss for Auburn. I think that's one of the very few jobs in college football that he would leave, that he would leave Ole Miss for. So do you think he's the clubhouse favorite? Do you think he is the favorite to get the job, or is there somebody else you're looking at that you would uh, bet your money on? I mean, I wouldn't bet my money on anything because betting my money on Auburn is like betting on you know which way you think the wind is going to blow. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, but... I mean, I, I would still think he is the most likely candidate. And I think he's most likely just because of what he's done, not only in the SEC as a whole, but just specifically within, within the division. That, that just kind of changes things for me. And They want somebody that has that proven track record recruiting in this region of the country, which obviously was a big knock against Brian Harson. And you can overhaul a roster really quickly. Lane, Lane is living proof of that. They have 30 new players on that old Miss roster this year, and they're off to their best start since 1962. So, I think that Lane would be everything that that Arkansas that not Arkansas that Auburn fans could ever want in a head coach, just from an offensive schematic you know standpoint, all those different things. I think that he would be an ideal hire. But yeah, there's probably a lot of others who could make it work. Hugh Freeze, everybody's talking about Deion Sanders. Who knows about somebody like Matt Rule or something like that? But you know, I, I think that Lane would be my pick if I'm betting today. But it's Auburn, and they go to the beat of their own drum, and that probably won't happen because. They always throw us for a loop. As a Razorback fan, I'd rather Lane Kiffin go to Auburn, so that way there's at least just one other te- a team that's good instead of being two teams that would be good because I think that uh, Ole Miss is not going to be able to replace Lane Kiffin very easily there, uh, at least uh, for what he's been able to do just in the short term that he's been there so far. But either way, it's exciting right now. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. As always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Enjoy the craziness of college football, man, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you down the road. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys.